Warning, this week's episode is not safe for work. So quit. Fuck that job anyway. They don't love you like we do. This week's episode of The Skating Atheist is brought to you by the Herculean effort it took me to stop playing Tears of the Kingdom long enough to record this shit. You're welcome. And now, The Skating Atheist. Hi, this is Stormy Decisis, and I don't have anything to promote. I just want to tell you all that I hate Ted Cruz. I don't even live in Texas. I just hate Ted Cruz. I hate him so much. If I had three wishes, I would spend them on a time machine, a map to his dad's house, and a vasectomy gun. I just... I just hate Ted Cruz. Oh yeah, and we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's May 25th, and it's National Tap Dance Day. Ah, if only you'd celebrated more, right? Ooh, (laughs) I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Marjorie Terrell Bosnick's New Jersey, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Waycross, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, the omnipotent creator of the universe loses quite a few fans. We learn from Pastors for Trump that the white power of Christ compels us. And we'll thaw out Don Ford, voice of fantasy and adventure once again. But first, the diatribe. Look, if anybody was ever going to say that the new Zelda game disproves the existence of God, it was bound to be me anyway. I mean, I told myself not to do a Zelda-related diatribe. I was making references to it for weeks leading up to this release. I I took a week off of the show to play it. I've been standing for it constantly for years. And I know a lot of you have to be sick and fucking tired of hearing about this video game. But it's also the only thing that I've been doing for the last 12 days. So it kind of would be hard for me to look elsewhere for diatribe inspiration. Plus, it actually does kind of disprove the existence of God. I'll get there. So... And for those of you who aren't gamers, I need to explain that the new Legend of Zelda is what's called an open world game. And what that means is that you don't exactly progress from level one to level two to level three along some set path. Instead, you're given a huge open world to explore that's filled with different challenges and goals. And it's more or less up to you to decide what order to undertake them in. So what one of the big draws of the game is exploration, right? Like, I mean, you've got a princess that you're supposed to rescue and a kingdom you're supposed to save and all that, but you can also spend a ton of time just wandering around in the woods looking for puzzles and power-ups. And what makes this game and its predecessor so fucking good is that their world is so fun to explore. See, open world gaming is all the rage in the industry right now. Every major AAA release is an open world game now, it seems, and not always to their benefit. There's also this fucking arms race in terms of the size of the world, which means that every new game has to have a bigger world than the last. And what that means in practice is that a lot of games end up with these huge worlds with nothing in them. That makes traversing them less like exploration and more like tedium. But in Tears of the Kingdom, the the new Zelda game, the world is infinitely rewarding to explore. If you think to yourself, I kind of want to climb all the way to the very top of that mountain, you'll invariably find something at the top of that mountain that made the climb worth it. Right. If you think I want to follow this huge valley all the way to the end of it, you're going to find something at the end of it that makes it worth that trek. The coolness of the location is going to be directly proportional to how difficult it was to get there. 
Now compare that to the real world. Right, like sure, the the view from the top of the mountain is great, but it's not substantially better than the view from 75% up the mountain, right? And airplanes have even better views. And you don't have to get all sweaty and risk hypothermia to get to them. When you were a kid, the urge to explore the world around you was way more likely to end with a tetanus shot than a worthwhile discovery. So uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the guy who created the original Legend of Zelda back in 1986, he said that his inspiration for the game was trying to recreate the joy of exploring a field when he was a kid. Now, he was a kid in Kyoto, a, a place where exploring a field might actually turn up some centuries-old ruins or something, but you were never going to burn just the right bush to discover a secret stairway that was filled with free money. In other words, the instant that we, as a species, gained the ability to craft our own worlds we were making better ones than this. And that's going to sting if you're religious, doesn't it? I mean, granted, God only had seven days for his project and the folks working on Tears of the Kingdom took six fucking years. But I feel like being all-knowing and all-powerful should probably balance that out, no? And, and yet the seeds of our doubt, the, the one loose thread that unraveled God belief for most of the people listening to this show is just what a shit job the world did in terms of planning. What's at the top of the mountain? Blisters. Right? What's, what's at the end of that canyon? More fucking canyon. In the mystical land of Hyrule, if I help out a stranger, I'm going to get rewarded for it. Right? I'll find your goats and you'll give me 100 rupees and some Hylian pine cones or whatever. In the real world, I help out a stranger, they're going to ask for another fucking favor. Right? I, I, and I know that religious apologists will tell me, well, that you know God is trying to teach me a far more complex lesson than the people at Nintendo are trying to teach me with Zelda. But when you try to pin them down on what the fuck that lesson is, you'll quickly learn that it's a lesson too complex for you to understand, which means it's a waste of fucking time trying to teach it to you. Right? See, the, the thing is, is that video games give us a ready example of what a designed world looks like. In a designed world, there's always a reason to have gone to the place that you go. When you encounter a problem, there's always a solution and the materials you need to solve it are somewhere nearby. There's a logical reward system. The reward for the journey is commensurate with its difficulty. So either Christians have to accept that their God didn't design the world or that he's worse at it than the folks at Nintendo. Either way, it seems like a pretty damning admission for religion. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the depths and sky islands to my Hyrule Heath Enright and okay. Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready for an upheaval? It can't always be Zelda. You got to switch it up. We had a whole intervention about this. Your mom flew down. I did. That was the last one. I promise. Mm. Uh, and, and speaking of last ones, this is also going to be our last opportunity to remind you about Matreon on this show. Woo. That's the time of year when we urge our listeners to head over to patreon.com slash scathing atheist and pledge as little as dollar an episode. Or if you're already a patron, maybe upping that pledge to help us keep things afloat. We're awesomely close to our Matreon goal of making D&D minus a twice monthly schedule, which will be great. So if you'd like to help make that happen, check the show notes for more information. That's right, Noah. But it's not just that. We're currently at 310 new and upgrading patrons. And at 400, you and Heath will be doing a blind vegan snack tasting. So I don't remember. Green I was kind of trying to focus on the positive and not the terrifying. Sometimes it's both, Noah. Mm -mm, Sometimes no. it's both. I don't think this is. One of those cases. I'm not doing anything blind with Eli. There's You're no doing blind. it blind. We're You're not doing, doing it blind, blind right? Anything. Yeah, I don't think we agreed doing to it blind. I don't think we agreed to blind. In our lead story tonight, as I'll American Christians, <laughs> I want to point out your dick is not vegan. 
In our lead story tonight, as American Christians scurry around desperately codifying their privilege with ever more theocratic laws, it's easy to lose sight of the good news that undergirds that effort. And that news, of course, is that American Christianity is demographically doomed. No need to enshrine your privilege into law unless you're worried about otherwise losing it, right? And while that's cold comfort to the people being stripped of their rights, it's important to emphasize it as a reminder that as bad as things look, ours is a damn winnable fight. And this week, that important reminder came in the form of a series of headlines declaring that fewer than half of Americans say that God definitely exists. Cool. They're down to two out of five dentists who recommend flossing and a fucking ghost. Great. Yeah. I got yeah. Baby steps, I guess. Something. Yeah. I mean, they're dead baby steps, but they're baby steps all the same. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. No, I will admit that this one is a, a little hard to get excited about. Almost half of Americans are absolutely certain of something that is unevidenced, illogical, and dangerously incorrect. The fucking fact that 11% of Americans believe in Bigfoot, and yes, that's the real number, is a national embarrassment and God is way less fucking plausible than Sasquatch, right? Just demonstrably. Yeah. Like, Plus, nobody's taken your fucking reproductive rights in the name of the cryptids. Give him a minute. What's more, of course, this number actually hasn't changed since the previous year. But a fuck ton of Christian publications are churning out panicky headlines about yet another sign of their demographic erosion. So we're going to talk about it, though. Yeah. It is weird that half the people in this room would kill their child if they woke up to voices in their head is good news instead of a horror movie premise. But that's America for you, I guess. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Yeah, that's the last 10 years of the news cycle, at least. Now, this number comes to us from the General Social Survey, a highly respected statistical snapshot of the country that's funded by the National Science Foundation. And according to 2022's results that were released last Wednesday, only 49.63% of Americans are certain that God exists. Yikes. Yeah, no, no, to be clear, the 2021 number was 49.66%. But as recently as 1993, that number was 64.5. That were certain. And and when we started this fucking show, it was at 57.37. So we, we're talking about serious movement. Yeah, thanks, Obama. Like, seriously, thank you, <laughs> Obama. It's like a gas prices thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However, on the plus side, I did check with Wolfram Alpha and nobody is going to believe in God by 2119. So, you know, you're welcome. Any extremely healthy babies that might be yeah, listening. So right. um, <laughs> you're welcome. No, of course, this is just the people that definitely believe in God. I need to further water down this already watered down news by pointing out that an additional 16% of people say they believe in God, but have some doubts. And another 14% said they believed in some higher power. So about 80% of Americans are definitely wrong on this one. <sighs> and another 6% say that they sometimes believe in God. What? Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> Cancer for children of my enemies. That, yeah, that is God. The good stuff. So, but now that leaves us 14%. About half of that remainder are just too chicken to admit that we're all just random star poop. And they answer that they don't know and there's no way to find out. And the other half is us, the frighteningly small percentage of Americans that admit that the evidenceless, wishful, nonsensical proposition is wrong, even if that means admitting that nothing happens when you die. Okay, I'll never understand that part. 
Nothing happens when these people are alive either. They so don't matter. You know how you don't matter right now? That just keeps happening. Why is that a big problem? This continues to be a thing. I also just really wish I don't know whether impossible things are true wasn't what way too many Americans consider the skeptical or reasonable position. Like, just do it with any other impossible thing. Right. It's fine. Yeah. You can gnosis it. You yep. can gnosis it. Yep. I promise. You sure can. <laughs> but, but look, I need to emphasize here that this actually, I, I mean, I've been shitting on it this entire story, but this is good news. If you stand in the middle of the atheist echo chamber, you hear a lot about the demise of the atheist movement or whatever. But in the decade we've been doing this show, the number of people who tell the GSS that they don't believe in God has more than done we're talking about 23 million people here. And of course, our numbers get higher as the demographics get younger. So as small as only about half of Americans unquestionably accepting our demonstrable lie might seem in a vacuum, given the overwhelming deference that Christianity requires to maintain its level of social control, those motherfuckers are still right to be panicked about it. Exactly. Yeah. But what happened to the atheist movement is that we're winning. Yep. <laughs> and in Hail Mary news, in the near literal shitstorm of terrible bills signed into law by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis this week, it might actually be possible to miss the one that included mandatory prayer. But if any podcast is going to hold up a second to call bullshit on your behalf, it's the scathing atheists. So let's get down to business. Yeah, no, I, I like honestly talking about anything from the Florida legislature right now is kind of like watching somebody get shot with a shotgun and go like going like watch out for that pellet, right? But like we <laughs> we still have to keep track of all of them here, I guess. We do. Yeah. So this is Florida Bill two two five, which in addition to allowing charter and online school students to participate in extracurricular activities at public or private schools also provides that high school athletic associations that include public schools must now allow any school participating in a championship contest to make two-minute opening remarks using the public address system. Okay, I heard you say create a charter school in Florida and get to the championship game in any sport. Already <laughs> on yep. Eli, we're building mm -hmm. that school. Yeah, you're ahead of me, Heath. So it goes on to say, quote, the athletic association may not control, monitor, or review the content of the opening remarks. What? And may not control the school's choice of speaker. Member schools may not provide remarks that are derogatory, rude, or threatening. Hold on. You can't read, like, a bunch of the Bible according to that rule. That yeah, is anti-Christian right. persecution right there. Yeah. <laughs> And before the opening remarks, an announcement must be made that the content of any opening remarks by a participating school is not endorsed by and does not reflect the views or opinions of the athletic association, end quote. So I, I want to move back to the word rude in there, derogatory, rude or threatening. That word is doing a ton of work, right? Because to be clear, them telling me that Christianity is true would not be considered rude. I find that rude. Me telling them it isn't would be. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? Me point. saying nah-uh would be. Prohibiting rude speech is basically the same as saying, okay, but no views from minorities, though. Yep. Right. Exactly. And now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, podcast listener, but Eli, that, that bill didn't specifically mention prayer. Why would you assume that spot will be used for prayer? And to that, I say, you must be new. <laughs> because Take a knee. Look. <laughs> <laughs> 
what the fuck other speech requires just two minutes and explicit protections against monitoring, control, or review? Right. Nobody's ever objected to a red Corolla in the parking lot has its <laughs> lights on, right? <laughs> This bill was created because people object to public prayer. And with the inclusion of any team in that rule, including religious schools, you can bet that Florida just gave itself mandatory codified pray-offs. Okay, I heard you say Islamic charter school with Arabic <laughs> praying. Yeah, baby. Eli. Or honestly, just muttering in pseudo-Latin until the Floridians think that they're cursed. I mean, I feel like we have a lot of options here. This could be fun. We really do. We really do. We're just some paperwork away from our best prank war yet, so stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. <laughs> Next up in headlines, in baby name of the beast news, the supreme leader of the underworld may finally be able to take over humanity thanks to a British couple who managed to name their son Lucifer on his birth certificate. <laughs> Government officials tried to stop the parents and warned about the impending doom, but now it's too late for the powers of good because Lucifer Sheldon is on the books. Oh, shit. There are a lot of reasons Heath doesn't have a kid, but I feel like one of the big ones is worrying that he couldn't resist the temptation to name them Refuse to Answer and Write. Oh, yeah. We could call him Rufus. It's great. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let me start by saying this story happened three years ago. And also a big thanks to Petrus for the super topical link you sent me. I love that. <laughs> In fairness, this big scoop didn't hit the news desk at Australia's self-proclaimed leading site for news until last week. That site is news.com, by the way, news.com.au. <laughs> but we never talked about this in 2020, and the level of religious stupidity is amusing. So we're going to talk about it now. So Dan and Mandy Sheldon went down to the naming office after the son was born. And when they told the registrar to write down Lucifer as their son's name, they were told, quote, your child will not succeed in life. He'll never be able to get a job and teachers will refuse to teach him. Well, <laughs> like maybe that was a Brexit commentary, though, given the time. Like, right, like that's true of all of the kids in the UK post Brexit. Yeah. Now, see, in Jersey, guy named Lou, right at home. Yeah, right no, at yeah, home. Yeah, pinning that. So, little belt. in response, Dan and Mandy explained that Lucifer means light bringer and mourning in Greek. And also pointed out that, um, shut the fuck up and write down the name we said. That's your job. <laughs> That's when the registrar went in the back to like check with a manager about using <laughs> names that are scary to Christian people because they might have had a policy about that. And they kind of do. And the Sheldons got more arguing, too. They were also told, maybe you should pick a different name, but you can refer to your child as Lucifer in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> and they were like, maybe you should write down the name we said because it's your job and words aren't met. You have a phone in your pocket, right? Man. Yes. Jesus Christ. I, I like. OK, so we all know that they didn't want to name their kid Lucifer because it means light bringer and shit. But but I, I love that they had to come to the childbirth with a prepared excuse like when you're returning something to the store. <laughs> yeah. you know? No, it means mourning in Greek. Yeah, and they thought it would work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, light bringer, you say? Oh, I never oh, well, that before. L-U-C-I? Oh, let me get this down. <laughs> no, we're doing it for spite. We're doing it for spite. So <laughs> in the end, the Sheldons were able to name their child Lucifer. 
After careful deliberation, the local council over there in the UK decided to let it happen. And then they non-apologized to the family, explaining that, yeah, we're sorry for that hassle, but it is the job of the registrar to advise about naming because some people aren't aware of bringing a demon into the world by using a name that never even showed up in the Bible until 1611. That's why we have that. Right. And and I want to be clear, we're not like, on the side of the parents here, all right? These two fucking hot topic rejects, you know, they, their name does suck for their kid, okay? I get that the parents were doing a bit, but like, it's not that nobody's going to sit next to them at lunch because my daddy says you're evil. Like, I, you know what? Just buy a, buy a candle. <laughs> buy a candle. And uh, by the way, there's one other detail I learned, and it sent me down a really fun rabbit hole. The registrar told the Sheldons that it's actually illegal to name a child Lucifer in New Zealand. Really? Not clear how that's relevant in the UK, but that's what they told him. And that sounded absurd to me. So I actually checked. It turns out that is real. In New Zealand, they also don't allow names that are titles like justice or king. And New Zealand also rejected the name Mafia No Fear at one point. <laughs> Good choice. Fair enough. Well done, New Zealand. I'm just picturing Kiwi Heath repeatedly adjusting the spelling like he's trying to stay ahead of Facebook's bots or something. The O is a zero. I definitely would do that. And lots of other countries have naming rules that ban certain words. I learned this too in my rabbit hole. In the UK, they rejected the name Cyanide at one point. That's <laughs> a great name. Yep. It is. I know. In Mexico, they rejected Facebook and also Harry Potter. Okay. Mexico, that second one was a name first. That though. was already Guys, a name. That was, that was that was a names. In Australia, <laughs> they also have a ban on titles like King, Colonel, Saint, Princess, and also a ban on religious monikers. So they've had to reject Jesus and God as names. They've also rejected iMac and Ikea in Australia. France rejected Nutella, which I was furious about because that's an awesome name too. (laughs) And several countries, including Germany, on multiple occasions had to reject Adolf Hitler as a name. But not the lovely state of New Jersey here in the U.S. (laughs) No, no. They are libertarian about that. In 2005... A New Jersey family officially named their son Adolf Hitler Campbell. (sighs) Yep. And they got all mad when a ShopRite grocery store refused to make them a birthday cake with their son's name on it. Oh, wow. So, And then a bunch of fucking homophobic cake maker defenders agreed that that was the only analogy they would ever use for the next 20 fucking years, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little bit of a happy ending to that one, though. The parents of Adolf Hitler Campbell no longer have custody of any of their kids because they're like, that is the worst. And they got Mm -hmm. caught being the worst. That's good. One of them's in jail. Awesome. Yeah, not just for the naming (laughs) thing. They're like the worst in so many reasons. All the different ways. I don't know if you could have guessed this. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, the uh, Hitler Campbell family, not the best parents, it turns (laughs) out. And in he, him, his stereo news. Fantastic. A couple of weeks ago, I was in an event with my wife's family and some dumbass said something about how they were. And I'm going to quote this bit about fucking sick of pronouns. I quoted and did the voice. So <laughs> for the rest of the conversation, I didn't use any pronouns, which <laughs> as oh, Noah awesome. is sure the listener can imagine, <laughs> sounds insane right a fucking way. 
That must have right. been kind of tricky to do. I'm impressed. It was. Yeah, no, it was. I probably fucked up at some point. But, and of course, that idiot didn't know what a pronoun was, so he had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I, I really wanted him to ask why I was talking that way so that I could say it was, I was respecting his pronoun preferences, but he didn't. Instead, he just like sure, yeah. he hastily ended the conversation, which was also nice. Right. I highly recommend <laughs> this strategy. Anyway, yeah, it's a win win. That's a win win. Yeah. Second best outcome. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. That's that's not the headline. That's just a humorous personal anecdote about pronoun hysteria to prime you for a story about two employees at a Christian college last week getting fired for including their pronouns in their email signatures. So fucking stupid. OK, bigots. <laughs> Everyone's extra middle name is officially they them. Or whatever pronouns they want. <laughs> now it's a noun. Did I fix yeah, it for right. you? You fucking yeah, idiots. There you go. So yeah, so, so this story comes to us, to us from Hot University in upstate New York, a, a college that's going out of its way to rein in its previous commitment to diversity over the last couple of years. This effort included, but was not limited to, shuttering the school's multicultural center in March for being, you know, uppity. Or something. So the school's newspaper asked the women's area coordinator for the school, Reagan Zelaya, what she thought about that closure. And she ripped the school a new one, saying, quote, it just further demonstrates that the university is only interested in the kinds of diversity that are convenient for marketing purposes. End quote. OK, I, I get what Reagan was saying there. But in fairness, for a mediocre university in upstate New York, the type of diversity that's good for marketing is less of it. Less, yeah. Way less. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you mention a few slur words for like Irish and Italian people to highlight the diversity <laughs> you have there. I'm sure, yeah. They're photoshopping the black guys out of their brochure. It's a well, whole that's, thing. But, yeah. You know what? Honestly, that's what this effort is all about, right? It, yeah. it literally mm -hmm. is about marketing to lack of diversity. Now, in addition to her harsh criticism of the school, Zelaya also announced that she was going to be resigning in protest of the decision amongst a, a bunch of other anti-diversity measures the school has taken recently. But the college opted for the rarely employed, you can't quit because we fire you strategy. So they sent her a termination letter that called her comments false and defamatory, which fucking no and no. But it preempted any discussion of the article with this gem, quote, as a result of your refusal to remove pronouns in your email signature in violation of institutional policy, you know, yada, 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 end quote. Okay, what if they switch it to refer to me theyly and themly? Like, is, it, <laughs> is it cool to do adverbs? Right, right. No, yeah, exactly. Now, apparently, yeah, the college is trying to pretend that pronouns weren't the problem, despite the fact that Zelaya has a fucking letter that they wrote and sent they to her. They wrote it. Pretty clear. <laughs> So they're, they're saying that they fired her because of other shit, but that's undercut by the fact that they that there's a dude named Shua Wilmot who was also fired at the same time and was also told it was because he had his pronouns in his email signature and he didn't criticize the school in print. So the school added that even if they did fire them because of email pronouns, it's because their policy forbids any extraneous information in email signatures, even Bible verses. <laughs> That's what they actually said. I, strangely enough, they couldn't point to an example of that time they fired someone for including a Bible verse in their <laughs> signature. No, we just have a very strict no-strike email signature policy. Yes. This makes us look better. This is a good thing. What problem were they solving? People were reading the bottom of emails being like, sincere. Oh my God, it's too long. I can't. Uh, we're doing best and then your initials and that's it. So, and look, or you're fired. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. 
And look, there's no doubt that Zelaya and Wilmot were signaling support for the transgender community by including their pronouns. Uh, they admit as much, but also their names are Reagan and Shua, right? They have other practical reasons for telling people how best to address them in a written fucking medium, which makes this somehow even dumber. Yeah, it does. But based on Houghton's panicky response from the New York Times publishing an article about this and based on the angry open letter they got from 700 plus alumni, you get the feeling that they're at least starting to realize how dumb this was. And at least that's nice. And finally tonight, Donald Trump hosted an extremely problematic gathering of terrible people at his Doral, Florida hotel property last weekend. Of course, I'm talking about people who chose to visit Florida and pay money to Donald yeah. Trump's companies. <laughs> because he had some family over there. And go to that hotel. <laughs> the venue also hosted an extremely problematic organized gathering of terrible people for a big event. And they also hosted... Another extremely problematic organized gathering of terrible people for another big event all that same weekend. On top of the normal patrons, like I mentioned at the top, that would be Pastors for Trump, which Ugh. is exactly what it sounds like, and also the Reawaken America Tour and their traveling circus of insane wrongness about everything ever. Both, by the way, are hosted by Clay Clark. Heath, we can still see the Clay Clark picture you put small. in our notes. You're not getting anything from the prize box, it's, man. It's, honestly, it's, it's two events. I'm surprised you didn't use the opportunity to embed two tiny pictures of Clay Clark. And the, God damn it, there's one. There it is. <laughs> yep, he damn hit it on you. All right, big thanks to Danielle for the link. Skatingnews at gmail.com. Wait, 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 wait. Keith, you're telling me okay. that folks can send us the latest in religious batshittery to scathingnews at gmail.com. And not only will they be helping with the show, but we'll hack their email and embed what? a single pixel picture of Clay Clark <laughs> into all their letters to their dad for the next calendar year. That's not hmm. even possible. He's not saying that, no. <laughs> Get you an NFT of Clay Clark, whatever you want. Ooh. Yeah. I, I do have that stuff available. So... Mm -hmm. The two groups of insane people <laughs> kind of just melted their things together all weekend. During the opening speech, the group's leader, Pastor Jackson Lemire, explained how the evil progressive agenda of American politics is exactly the same as all the demon stuff in the book of Revelation. No mention of the scorpion horse locust thing, but I'm assuming, hmm. you know, we're keeping that in our pocket until the right moment, probably. He did mention the biggest issues being gender confusion and moral confusion. And then he explained how the entire Democratic Party is being controlled by the literal devil. Exact words, quote, Satan has an entire political party in this nation doing his bidding for free. Well, it's not free. I mean, we're not, like George Soros is handling payroll here. I mean, we're getting- yeah, But we have pansexual orgies. We get paid a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, right? right. Yeah, exactly. I also think it's funny that we just get told we're not nice enough on a regular basis by the side that tells us we're being controlled by the ontological representation of evil. Yeah, right. Why are you guys so impolite? <laughs> and of course, Michael Flynn was there too during the weekend. He just directly called for a fascist Christian theocracy, straight up, saying, quote, if you haven't figured this out yet, the evil that we're facing will not give up until we take over, exact words. Mm. And then Flynn took a phone call on stage from Donald Trump. 
Trump told him, stay healthy because we're bringing you back. And apparently that's a real thing Trump is planning to do. According to a recent report, if Trump gets back into the White House, he's planning to appoint Michael Flynn, the confessed felon, to a top national security position. Well, I think linguistically it just becomes a top national position at that point, though, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Honestly, I would love for America to get a Department of National Insecurity going. We got a lot <laughs> of problems in that area. So. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, what about the mermaids and the water people? What? Mermaids well, don't and water worry. people, thank you. You will not be ignored with your question. Divine prophet Amanda Grace gave a keynote on exactly that very serious topic of the mermaids and the water people. And here's what she had to say. Quote, there's a wickedness attempting to completely cover this nation and perversion and seductive seducing spirits. Yeah, the worst kind of seductive spirits really is the seducing oh, ones. selling seashells by the seashore. You hate to say it. <laughs> she continues, I have never seen more images of more mermaids and water people in my life. And then there's a really long pause and a terrified silence from the crowd of crazy people. Even the crazy people at this thing were like, fucking what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. She continued one more time. That's a division in the kingdom of darkness. And they're highly technologically advanced. And we have to understand <laughs> what we're dealing with. Oh my and God. We have to understand the rules of engagement in spiritual warfare. And we are meant for hand-to-hand -hand combat. End quote. Seriously. With mermaids. Yep. I just, I, no. I, it's nice to know that even their event organizers can't consistently tell the difference between like espousing their position and just regular insane. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Tricky. yeah. I'm picturing Michael Flynn backstage, like talking to his assistant, being like, I'm worried I lost people with the fascist takeover talk. And he just hears, we cannot fight the cyber mermaids. Our karate is not strong enough. Like, Never mind, actually. I'm, a, I'm the most coherent person here. I don't think that's here. what they're going to take. By far, the <laughs> person is me, Michael Flynn. Yeah. So we normally do this at the beginning of the story, but they closed it out with a speech about the hand-to-hand -hand combat in the spiritual war between Christian people and the super advanced merfolk of darkness. So, <laughs> Anna? What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. All right. Well, I guess we're going to close it out on a different kind of note this time. So, Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Merfolk of darkness. And when we come back, Bible Peace Theater will get back to the only book of the Bible that feels pre-lampooned. See, this is our snack table. Uh -huh. Does your new job have a snack table, Dom? I mean, I, I work from home. <laughs> so, so no, no snack table at that job. <sighs> okay, who smashed up all of my black and white cookies? That was me. You're welcome. Why? Because you're non-binary. I thought you would like it. It's like a non-binary thing. Um, what do you think non-binary means, Heath? Probably best not it's, to ask that. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, hey, what's up? Okay, Noah, what cookie do non-binary people eat? Nope. You guys uh, ready for Bible Peace Theater? Uh, the part of the show where we act out the Bible so our listeners don't have to read it? Sure. Where were we? Uh, Ezekiel. 
Right. Yeah. He's in a weird shit eating SM relationship with God, right? Yeah, but like in a bad way. Bad, yeah, but, but but bad, exactly. No need to no need to kink shame. Thank you. Nope, that's true. And then an angel who was a wheel in a wheel pulled him by his hair to see that the Jews were secretly worshiping other gods? Yes, that's it exactly. Yeah, got it. Got it. So what happens next? Uh, well, like he said, Ezekiel saw the Jews being bad, so it's time for him to act out more of God's tiresome metaphors. And so I said, well, don't stand on that side if you don't want to hold the wiping hand. <laughs> and what did she say? Oh, you know, the usual. Oh, you should switch sides for me, blah, blah, blah. Ah, concubines. Totally. Oh, oh, shit, it's Ezekiel. Hi, Ezekiel. Hey, Ezekiel. Uh, hey, dudes. Uh, not sure if you noticed, but I, I cut a hole in the wall of my house, and I, I covered my head <sighs> so I can't see. Yeah, yeah, man. <sighs> you can see that. Ugh, okay, I'll bite. Why did you cut a hole in the wall of your house and cover your why? head why so you can't you, see? Why would you ask? So, like, this will you flee from Israel in, in, in the dark. And like through through a hole because he talks so slow. God is mad at you. Okay, are we actually gonna flee in the dark through a hole, or is that just a metaphor? Uh. Also, I'm not sure if you noticed the other day, man. But while I was eating, I was like, you know, shaking and. Yeah. No, we saw you got stuff mm -hmm. everywhere while you Mask. were eating. We saw that. Well, that's. Like a metaphor of how you guys are gonna tremble before, before God. God. Oh, yeah, got it. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. Great, got great. It. Thank you for the prophecy, Ezekiel. I guess. Oh, is there any chance I could like crash at one of you guys' places tonight? <sighs> is it because there's a hole in your house? Yeah, man. How'd you know about the hole in my house? Are you gonna shake during dinner? I mean, yeah, man. Then no. Yeah, it's a note from me, dog. And so I said to him, I don't want to hold the wiping hand. Good for you. Oh, hey, ladies. Oh, hey, Ezekiel. What's up? Oh, I just want you to know that God is against your pillows. What? Wait, why does God hate pillows? I, it's probably a mistranslation. Uh, a lot of other Bibles call them magic charms or baubles or something like that. Ah, got it. Still, with the way people fixate on Bible verses, it's a wonder Christians haven't taken that up, huh? Yeah, I wonder what that would be like. Good evening, I'm Todd Rackman, and this is the 6 o'clock news. The Supreme Court has ruled in favor of my pillow employee, Stutch Hubbin. Hubbin refuses to make pillows at his job at the pillow factory, citing his devout religious beliefs. Let's go to the courthouse to see what he has to say. Today is a great day for freedom in America. Everyone involved in this decision is an adult with a driver's license. A driver's license, indeed. And coming up next, non-binary people's favorite cookie. Is it an Oreo? You know, because of, of the middle? Stay tuned after the break. I mean, that's not... Dumber than what we have now. No, it might even be a little less mm -hmm. dumb. Anyways, what, what's next? Oh, shit. More threats. More threats. There's the part where he calls Jerusalem his baby wife whore. Oh, Jerusalem. 
Hear me. Okay. Oh, brother. Here we go again. Oh, you are like a baby, man. When you were born, your navel was not cut, and you were not salted. What? And then they left you in a field, man. Did he say salted? Who salts a baby? What is that? And then they then they threw you into a field, into a puddle of your own blood, and I found you, man, and I said, live. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, was the puddle of baby blood already there in the field in this metaphor? Great question. Okay, you are my wife. I found you naked and spread my skirt upon you. Getting worse. Is this still the baby? I think it's a new metaphor. Hopefully. I need him to be clearer about that. Yeah. Okay, now, now you are a whore, but like, you're such a whore that you, you like pay them to have sex with you, man. I, I don't think this guy knows what a whore is. It's not what a whore is. Okay, I'm back, everyone. Uh, God told me new stuff, man. Cool. Yeah, does anyone marry and fuck a baby they found? Yeah, we would love a heads up on that moving forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, man. This one's a riddle. I, I'm sorry, God gave you a riddle? Uh, yeah, man. So, like, there's two eagles and a vine. And the first eagle, um, <sighs> he, uh, uh, he takes, like, the topmost branch of a cedar tree and he brings it to Babylon. And then another vine bends toward the first eagle, but then turns into a second eagle, man. What the fuck was that? That was a riddle, man. No, no, it definitely was not a riddle. Yeah, definitely not a riddle. No, 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 you guys. Because, like, the first eagle is, like, the king. And then the other eagle is the one who's going to replace him, you know, like like a man. But that's not a fucking riddle. That's another fucking metaphor. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a riddle, dude. Is it oatmeal raisin, maybe? You got to let this go. You got to It's let not this a go. fucking riddle. Get off me, man. Say, say a goddamn riddle. Say a goddamn riddle right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. We tied up ancient <laughs> Jerusalem <laughs> Noah. And, and I believe Ezekiel has a proverb for us this time. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so it's like when your dad eats sour grapes, you know, and your teeth are set on edge. What? But, 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 but that's like not true, not true in junk. Okay, so you're telling a proverb that you disagree with right now? Um, yeah, man. I feel like we should untie ancient Jerusalem, Noah. <laughs> yeah, let him out. Oh, don't man, he uh, don't man, he bites. Oh, see, he does. Yeah, just like that, man. Lulu, Lulu. Doing Ezekiel stuff. Ezekiel stuff is like my favorite stuff, man. E Doug, Easy E. How you doing, buddy? Listen up. Oh wow. Oh hey God, man. What's up? Yeah. Okay. So I got a new message. I want you to take to the people of Jerusalem. O- okay. Well, sure, God, man. Uh, w- what's the message, man? Okay. I want you to tell them that when the elders come before me, I'm not gonna listen. 
Okay, got it. Right, because I know they've been worshipping other gods. But here's the good part. Joke's on them. I put bad laws among them. Um, wait, sorry, god man. You did what now? I know, I know. I'm the one that told them to sacrifice their kids and worship idols because I'm the only god, right? So it's me. It was me the whole time. Okay, so like, you want me to tell the people of Jerusalem that the behavior like you've been killing and punishing them for, for like the whole book. Whole book, yep. That was you all along. Me all along, baby, totally. I, I mean, if you think so, man. Okay, so what happens next? Uh, well, then you get Ezekiel 23. Uh, it's the story of two whore sisters. Whore six with the cum. Yeah. 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 Ah! Yes. yeah, right. This is the part where they talk about the dude's dicks and cum being like the emissions of horses. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to be easy to make funny, right? Come on. We got to oh, horse dicks. Well, I'm not so sure because like the, the first part is just super slut shabby. And then yeah. they get raped and murdered. Oh, right. Ah, uh, I mean, we could... Hmm. Oh, what if we? No, no, no. I see your point. Oh, right there. Point. Do you guys want to substitute getting into supernatural for rape again? I yeah, I think that's the move. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm a hola, and boy, oh boy, am I a whore. I just love smooching boys big time. <laughs> you said it, sister. I too am a whore who enjoys boy smooching. I am an Assyrian who you ladies have been smooching in spite of my horse-like appendages. I'm now going to introduce you both to Supernatural! No, that show is so formulaic! And they didn't even have the guts to go through with the only gay romance in the entire show. The worst. Man, you really hate Supernatural, huh? I really do, Don. I really, really do. But the quote I got for moving the poop hole? Insane. Insane quote. So, wait, wait, what did he quote you? Four sheep. Four. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, four sheep is insane. Uh, hear me, Jerusalem. Ugh, here we go. God damn it. Oh, man. I have set this pot full of meat boiling with a grave and terrible message. Today is the day that Babylon will attack Jerusalem. And, and and stuff, and 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 you're announcing that with soup. I, I mean, like, like bad, soup, bad man. soup. Got it. Yep. Psst, psst, Ezekiel. Hey, buddy. Oh, uh, hey. Oh, uh, hey, God, man. Uh, how's it going and stuff? Okay, so bad news. I'm gonna kill your wife. Oh man, you're gonna kill my wife. Whoa, I never said that. I don't even know her. Who is that? Who's the, what? Is, I've never met your wife before. Oh, uh, sir. Right. Sorry. Nope. That, this one's real. I was practicing for a different thing. Oh, Anyways, okay. I'm going to kill your wife. But here's the thing. When I do that, I don't want you to mourn her. Okay, buddy? No mourning. Um, okay, God, man. But like, um, why in junk? I'm glad you asked. Because then when people see you, they'll be like, Oh, Ezekiel, why aren't you mourning your wife? And you'll be like, just as I don't mourn for my wife, you should not mourn for Jerusalem when it is destroyed. <gasps> oh, 
Whoa. Um, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like, hey, God, man. Yeah, you dug? Are you killing my wife for a belabored metaphor about how mad you are at Jerusalem? Mm, yeah. Oh, bummer, man. Uh, God is going to obliterate the Ammonites. God is going to annihilate the Moabites. God is going to exterminate the Edomites. God is going to wipe out the Philistines. Wow. God is going to demolish this book the city is just like Tyre. a big old God list of threats. Huh? Pretty much, yeah. Tyre. Whole thing. God is going to decimate the city of Okay, Sidon. so about God a three count. Oh my God, I don't want to do this. I'm just saying, you can't expect arms. me to go on a silent zero. Israel. It doesn't make sense. It's not a silent zero. It's three, two, one, go. Shrines and high places. So it's a four count. God is going to no, it's three, two, one, go. No, yeah, that's very much a three count. Thank you. I feel like a crazy person. God is going to topple Okay. How about this? Ruin all the mountains. One, two, three. Shepherds. Go on three. No. <sighs> Why does counting up make any difference? Well, because exactly. then it's an actual three count, right? There's both three counts. Three. Then what's the go? It's the just go. Count. Go is just go. Go means go. It's the word go. Mm. Okay, I'm seeing Eli's point here. I'm going to murder both of you. Guys, what are you doing? I've been done with my bit in the background for like a minute. Eli and Don are saying one, two, three, go is a four count, and I'm going to murder them to death. Well, I mean, if it's not a four count, what's the go? I will set myself on fire. So now it's time for God to take Ezekiel on another field trip. Oh, voice of God, why have you brought me to this field of bones? All right, so hear me out. I find this Buffalo Wild Wings doing an all-you-can-eat night that doesn't have my picture on the wall, right? Sarah, I, Sarah, no, do the... I mean, never mind. Just everybody, look at look at these bones. Oh, I'm looking, man. Okay, are these bones alive? Um, um, no. Right, well, what if I do this? Now there's flesh on the bones. Are they alive now? Uh, no. Good, good. So what about this? Now I brought him to life. That is Israel. Um, okay, I got it. So like, um, what are you going to do with... Eat him. Right, yeah. I've, I've, that, Wing sauce. Yeah. Let's see, there's, uh, there's more death threats, more death threats. Oh, and then here's the section about Gog and Magog. Oh, who are Gog and Magog? So Gog is a fictional leader of a like a probably fictional nation called Magog, and they're going to attack Jerusalem and eat everybody, apparently. Huh. Hey, did you guys know that that's where Gog Magog comes from in Jack and the Beanstalk? It's a it's very Jungian the way that Oh, oh stories. it's Jungian? You you read a lot of Jung, Eli? Yeah, I I have dabbled in do you okay because i think stephen king talks about this in his latest book too oh does he does i i i haven't read it that's cool. no that me, no he, you haven't read that me and you, Steve you haven't read the both. stephen king what happens next in the bible noah okay uh next there's a giant robot nice really i, I mean it says man made of bronze close enough let's do it uh hey mr robot man What's up? All right, Meatpeg. Feast your eyeballs on this. This here's the outer gate facing east. Yeah, that's right, east. Try to keep up. It's shut on the six working days. 
but on the Sabbath day, it's opened up. You getting this? No, well, too bad. I'm not repeating myself. See that, Prince? He's going to enter from the way of the porch and stand by the post. And the priests? They're going to prepare his burnt offering and his peace offerings. And you better not forget about those peace offerings. They're very important, especially if you don't want to get on my bad side. Got it? Now, you see this little chamber? The priests that approach unto God shall eat the most holy things there. That's right. It's like the private dining room. No, you can't go in. You're not holy enough. No offense. You know, actually, you know what? Scratch that. No offense. Uh, got it, man. Yo, yo, brass man. How you doing? Oh, fantastic, Sarah. What are you doing here? You know, altar measurements, sacrifice rules. You know how we do, right? Oh, hell yeah, I do. Oh, wait. I guess no, I don't. Whatever. Also got some specifics on what God wants you to wear, like underwear-wise. And, uh, spoiler alert, hope you're a fan of linen bonnets. Um, not really, man. All right, well, you're really gonna hate this, then. Um, all right, giant bronze dude. Uh, thanks for showing me around and stuff. I mean, that was cool. One more thing before I go, meatbag. You see this water flowing under the temple door? Oh, that was me. My bad. My bad. It's a thousand cubits by a thousand cubits. Anyone know when the plunger is invented? And that's gonna go all the way out to the sea. Capiche? Uh, yeah, man. The sea. Got it. Honestly, don't know that a plunger would do that much at this point. Pipe is basically cemented shut. If you know what I mean, cemented. And that's how God is gonna divide the land. Before and after, am I right? 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 And that's Ezekiel. Wow, that was a lot. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a long one. So, what did we learn, anyway? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hit it, Anna! proves it every time he speaks while we're minding our own business tending to a sheep he'll appear with piles of hair he whacked off with a rapier and then he'll toss him in the air and hack him up what a fucking creep what's he do the world so quickly he'll exhaust your patience for prosthetic draws sure leave you at a loss for what to say to this man toss sir Credulity, he tests it with impunity and boards the community with tales of flying saucers. I shit you not, man, I got witnesses. His craziness is limitless, man. Here's some instances. God's four-headed angel crew, hand him a pamphlet or two. Then what do these cameras do? They make him eat that shit. They take him high and then higher. God says hi, his dick's on fire. Says you'll be my new town crier. Warn the Jews of their demise. A third will perish to starvation. Third to wars and foreign nations. Third to contamination. But more than everybody dies. Cause once I've killed three thirds, I'll kill another third as well. Then the fifth third ends up worse. Cause into slavery I'll sell. Now Zeke gets all emphatic. Not to be undiplomatic. But your ethics and bad mathematics seem to tell me what a fucking creep. I mean, that's a little hard. Why you mad, bro? Aren't you supposed to be long knowing or some shit? You're the god of the universe. 
That lord offered no retraction, so despite his gross misuse of fractions, he did Yahweh's call to action, asked him, what should I do first? Make a Jewish place it and a tiny army, then you'll place it at your feet to represent that Israel is cursed. For 13 months, they on your right to represent the coming plight, then left another 40 nights to show the Jews that it gets better. Lay 430 days and lavish me in praise and eat your barley cakes with cow shit instead of butter. Don't you be a prima donna, don't you say that you don't wanna, doesn't matter, cause you're gonna be my voice. Ezekiel, not Ethan Hunt, oblivious, unmindful cunt. I'm God and you're the grunt, so you don't have a choice. I've commandeered your worthless life and planned to load it up with strife and kill your loving wife and won't even, even let you grieve her. Well, fuck me, Zeke shouts. I thought free will was paramount. Turns out that shit only counts when you're debating on the book. It's a shit show. What the hell's it even mean? I wish the Bible was over. I wish the Bible was over. Thank you, Anna. Once again, you have knocked it out of the park to such a degree that I'm almost embarrassed to follow you, but I have to. Anyway, before I get back to playing Tears of the Kingdom tonight, I want to remind you that there's only one week left to get in on Matreon. Among other things, that means access to our patron-only Pajama Party live stream, which may include Eli sticking his dick in Heath's blindfolded face, and it may not. It's really up to you, and you'll only know if you're a patron. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's Hot Friend God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I can't end the show without genuinely thanking Heath and Eli for being the kind of co-workers that would happily take on extra work so that I could play a video game I really liked for a week. And an even bigger thanks to Lucinda, a wife that would not only be fine with me burning a vacation week on that, but also spend most of that week playing alongside me. And I also want to thank Stormy Decisis for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and for hating Ted Cruz. I want to thank Don Ford for continuing to agree to hang out with us. I want to thank Anna Bosnick one more time for always bringing gold. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people. And sorry, there's no way I'm doing this in one breath. It's been two weeks and it's Matreon. I'll do the best I can. Melanie, Natalie, Liam, Laura, Nicole, Ada, Maeve, Matthew, I fucking love you guys, Blue Violet, Tamlin, Old School, Scott, Regular Scott, Sam, Karen, Harold, Doug, Todd, Kristen, Other, Laura, Sam, Mung, Sung, Hero, Carrie, Allen, ZDS, Jonathan, Michael, Chris, Pike, Blows, Goats, Brooke, Heathen, The Vegan, A Gleaming Razor's Edge, Fantastic, O2, Miranda, Jason, Jackson, Seawater, Stephen, Marklar, The Marklar, Jack, Kristen, <gasps> Me more and need to ask me a more wartime conciliary. Alice Bells, Michael, Brett, Dylan, Kevin, Kara, the evil screaming feral, Kakita Cat, Autobot, Soundwave, Ray, Jeffrey, Dan, John, Stephanie, Andrew, Justin, Sue, Kevin, James, Catherine, Sistine, Luna, the Hobo, Yonan, Siv, Robbie, Matthew, Fjord, the Windrunners, Evan, Brad, Nathan, Marky, Marcus, Atomic Woodchuck, Steve, Amy, Stephen, Nettle, Sentinel, Ken, Other, Other, Laura, Dylan, Jimmy, Peter, I aim to misbehave, Karamia, Diva, Catherine, Zachary, Sacred Stew, and Hunter, Peter, too. Technically, I got other Peter two out there. That technically counts as two breaths. Who are so big, I couldn't fit them all in my mouth at once. Take that however you want to. Together, these 87 people, cats, fjords, robo-defectors, declarations of affection, imperatives, etc., took up the Matreon challenge by giving us money. If you, too, would like to give us money, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you're on early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode. Or you make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you're going to forget about it as soon as the show's over, I get it. 
Old memory ain't what it used to be. I'm with you. Anyway, Tim Robertson handles our social media and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. He hasn't played fucking Zelda. He doesn't know. He doesn't, why would you even want to listen to what he has to say about things? The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.